What if business could be fun? This podcast is for people who no longer want work to be a four-letter word. It is a comedic look at the myths of work, life, and balance, where we expose the kind of thinking that sucks your will to live, and we replace it with powerful, easy-to-use tools so that you can shift gears and laugh about it all. The only requirement to listen is you need to be human. Hello. Good morning. Hi, everybody. It's Elaine Williams and Kathy Keegan with Still Human Podcast. It is March 2nd, 2021. So excited today. We have the most amazing, amazing guest. But I just wanted to say welcome, welcome. If you are new to us, we wanted to start a podcast called Still Human so that we could make fun of ourselves and pull the curtain back behind coaching and take a comedic look at business and life and being an entrepreneur and the many, many challenging and fabulous lessons that come with that. So that is why we created this podcast out of our pain and wanting to share our our learned pain wisdom. Right, we've turned cha- and we're so delighted that you're here. Channeling right. um, you know, pain into fabulous and challenging. And um, that's the way we roll here. <laughs> it's not toxic positivity, by the way. That's very important. This is about reframing. <laughs> it's about reframing. Reframe. It's all about the reframe. And speaking of reframe, I am so excited. We have the most amazing guest today. She is a Brooklyn gal. She's been on Wall Street, award-winning salesperson. She is fabulous. She leads a team of people. Uh, I learn and laugh from her every time. I am so excited today to bring our fabulous, amazing Ro Couture de Saro with us today. Ro, are you with us? Woo! Yay! I'm here. I'm here. here. So excited. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to be here. I love that your middle name is Couture. How fabulous is that? I know. Sometimes people think it's my business name. And I'm like, no, I was born with this name. And I'm, that's why I'm not giving it up. <laughs> it's like, it's would you give up couture? Yeah. No, but it almost sounds made up. It's so fun, you know? I mean, when I got married in 1985, and, you know, this was, you know, kind of like a little bit, not feminist, but, you know, women empowerment beginning and all that. So I was like, well, I am not, you know, I have a name for myself. I have a career. So I don't know who DeSaro is. I can't identify with DeSaro. It's not me. I, like, I don't know who this DeSaro is. I know Couture and I love Couture. So I'm keeping Couture. I kept Rosemary Couture for 15 years of my marriage. It took me 15 years to really get it. Okay. It's time to add DeSaro to it because <laughs> I'm a DeSaro. <laughs> it's like 35 years later, finally a Couture DeSaro. <laughs> I love that though. I get it. You know, you work so hard and I mean, I mean, there's just so many great stories. I'm like, where do we start? Like, where do we start? You know, coming from Brooklyn. Both my kids have couture as their middle name on their birth certificates. So they they could use it as if it looks like their last name too, if they want. Is it your, was it your middle name or your maiden name? It's my maiden name, but I gave it to my children as a middle name because it was way too much trouble to give it to them as a double last name. It just, you know, oh yeah, (laughs) the world just wasn't having that back then. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, there's so many amazing stories. Um, 
And, uh, you know, we like to add humor to everything. And I was, I was, um, emailing Kathy early this morning about like topics. And I said, I wish you could see my hair. It looks like I look like Medusa right now. It was, you know, pre-shower and Kathy, what was your response? Snakes on a crane. Um, but um, bum, where, where are snare drums? But a bunch anyway. I, the, oh, I listening and watching the two of you, I'm always cracking up. And so when you invited Aww. me to be on here, I was like thrilled because I'm like, I love the way the two of you feed off of one another. I'm like, I just hope I could like interject into that and add some oh, flavor yeah. to it. <laughs> well, that's why. I mean, that's why I started coming to your meetings, E Women, in Central New Jersey because you look like you were having fun amidst the chaos. Because like, you know, with all due respect, the technical guy was always like rolling in late and then you know women were driving from all over uh, kathy would come from oh. manhattan people were coming from all over new jersey from connecticut from um, pennsylvania and there was always sort of this pandemonium but you always seem to be having fun and i remember thinking you can learn from this woman elaine mm-hmm. breathe and take notes because a lot of stuff was happening that was quote wrong but you would roll with it and laugh and keep going and i remember thinking damn damn because i want to look good you know what i mean like i'm i'm fun when i'm comfortable and i can be funny but if i feel tense especially with technology watch out right (laughs) total so totally totally is that steady state you know that's the whole thing it's sort of there's this swirl and rose stands there and so she kind of puts a fine point on it. She's the point of contact. She's yeah. the center. And that takes incredible leadership skills to be able to do that and to look as poised as you always do. Do you feel poised all the and, time? You know, and, to, to, to you tell, know, tell you the truth, it was from growing up of trying to protect myself emotionally that I would just like, it's okay. It doesn't bother me. It's fine. It's like, you know, I, my brother was like running away and going to drugs to, you know, to, to, to feel good. And, and my way of feeling good when well, my emotional protection was just like, no, I'm easy going. That's okay. This is life. It's expected, you know? And, and I didn't realize now until I'm, I'm older, like how that served me that I'm like, it's like, this is life. Nobody has ever said life was going to be easy and you just got to roll with the punches because you know what? So my expectations was, even though I, I, I aspire to do great things in life, but my expectations wasn't like, it was like, well, maybe this one is it. Maybe this one is it. All right. Good, bad, indifferent. Who cares? So what? Wow. (laughs) And, and, uh, it's serving me now in a lot of these situations. And I even realized, I know you guys had, had said, maybe think of something that you're embarrassed about. And, (laughs) and, you know, you know, we're all have embarrassing moments of like, I mean, yeah. Can I tell you about, you know, the ones that, you know, the human body embarrassments that we all have Um, that we don't want to talk about. What is happening? Yeah. Can we talk about the one that I, yeah, I thought the woman was pregnant when she wasn't, or the one that the, oh, I thought God. the woman wasn't pregnant and she was seven months pregnant. You know, oh, and I, no. we all had those, <laughs> but I literally could not think of something. And I even asked my husband last night. And then this morning I woke up and I remembered, I remembering more of the almost embarrassments, but then 
this morning I, I remembered waking up to an, something that I was embarrassed about that I never told anyone. So it was, I was by myself. Yeah. Right. I was by myself, but I realized why am I, why for years? I mean, this was, this is, it's a nine 11 story. So I tell my nine 11 story, right. You know, you've heard, I think both of you've heard my nine 11 yep. story, my survivorship story, my lessons learned that I found out 10 years later of the lessons learned. Well, while I was learning those lessons, because I was put to the test to learn those lessons. I wasn't, I didn't do it because I was like, Oh, let me see what I learned that day. It was, no, you're right. writing a book. Can you put your story in there, please? And I was like, for the publisher, I was like, okay, I'll write a story. I have no idea what I'm going to write about, but let me, let me revisit what happened to me that day. And then I realized, and then I put everything in except this one piece. And I'm realizing that the reason why I did not want to is because I was shamed. Mm. I was felt shameful and I felt guilty. And I felt that if I tell these people, people are going to judge me. People are going to shame me and people are going to look, think lesser of me. They're going to think different of me. Like, and the reason why I'm bringing this up now, because it was a calm in the chaos moment, but I literally was embarrassed how calm I was on nine 11. Mm. And I, so I share that a little bit that I was calm and that's what the lessons that I've learned. I'm like, huh, what does that tell me? Besides being, okay, she'd make a great EMT, you know, emergency medical technician. She's there. Triage. Okay. Roe is right there. She's okay. Cause I was handling that well. So do you want to know yes. what it is? Yeah. Tell, tell us, tell us. I'm like, I don't think, I know. I think I've told one or two people. I don't think I've ever told anyone publicly. I don't think I've ever, you know me and I'm so, you know, both of you know how vulnerable yes. I am. And I'm You're like, like I, I'm an open I, book. I'm an open book. I tell everybody because I come from this place of giving people permission. I give people permission to go out there and mess up because, because you know what? Because we're human. That's why I love your podcast because we are human. We will mess up and that will happen. So why pretend it's not going to happen and put that extra <gasps> craze on yeah. you? Because mm -hmm. I'd always be like, well, because when I feel that way, I'm not happy. So like, you know what? All I want to do is be happy. So why do I, why do I make myself so crazed? And then I'm not happy. Right. I'm like, it's not worth it. I want to be happy. Yeah. So I'm going to make myself happy. So you want to know? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. This is like, so when I was waiting for my, so we had to, I had to give a little bit of a, of a backdrop. So when in the heat of the moment, there was a barge where the boats from New Jersey would cross the Hudson River to take people to Manhattan to and from work, right? They were like a five minute, in case you don't know, you know New York, it's a five minute boat ride from New Jersey to Manhattan. And there are boats that come in from various different parts of the state. So there's like different locations and they could be like an hour away, you know, like Hoboken, Weehawken and down, you know, where I was in Jersey city. So several boats were coming in, people started getting crazy. The, the, the barge started rocking as we were packed like sardines and, and people were getting very irate, right? Talking about calm. They were not calm. They were letting the deckhand yelling at them to close the gate so that their boat that was waiting in the river to wait to, for a dock, a slip to open, to come in. So they were like, forcing them to close the gate. So like people that really legitimately wanted to get on that boat, they wouldn't even allow them to get on the boat. It was getting crazy. Okay, so I, I was, and just said this, it's, it's nine 11. 
Pandemonium. Yeah, this is 9-11. Pandemonium. 9-11, this is before the towers fell, but it was after the second plane when I ran for the second plane and we literally could see TWA and everybody knew this was no longer an accident. We knew that we were being attacked. And so now we're in that fear mode of we are being attacked. We don't know if another plane is coming. We need to get out as quick as possible. And me, and you were I right was not down I, there. I was you staying right behind. There. I was staying right. behind. I was letting my boats come and go because I knew my family was there. I knew friends were down there. I was trying to find them. So I was not, I was not getting on my boat because I knew once I got on the boat, it was going to be hard to, it would be harder to even find them. But I knew I had a way out. So I finally did take the last boat because it started getting really dangerous. And I said, hmm, maybe I can do this from the other side a little more. You know, I finally had a smart moment, you know, and I said, so I got on the boat, not knowing it was the last boat out because the towers were about to fall. I get on the boat. I go across the, the river, Jersey City, which is bustling with people. Goldman Sachs building is the right is the building that's right there. It was desolate. I mean, it was like Twilight Zone. Literally was like was like. You know, can you imagine Jersey City, not a soul around? Like, just picture that. I mean, it's such not a, weird thing. a soul around. You would think that people were staying there watching, but it was just so fearful that people got in their cars and ran home. Sure. I, I, so here's my, here's my embarrassing, my admittance right now. I walk into, so I'm still want to be there to try to help my family say, hey, my car's right here. You know, I could get in the car and we could go home. I walk into the Goldman Sachs building. It's empty. And I see all the, the, like the breakfast and the coffee urns. And I go over and I calmly make myself a cup of coffee. And I sat there and I drank a cup of coffee in calmness. And I was like, why? And then I never told anybody that. Because like I, was, I felt that why like people would shame me that like how could you make a cup of coffee and i'm like oh it's free i'm gonna get a cup of coffee and i was like but i i I realize now that i was just willing to stay there as long as possible to reach my family to reach my friends and so i maybe the coffee was going to calm me a little bit more and i didn't realize i was i wasn't i wasn't i didn't feel chaos so i made myself a cup of coffee and then i'm like how could you make a cup of self a cup of coffee when people are like running to save their lives and you're sitting there and just drinking a cup of coffee? <laughs> it's like, well, so talk about that's why, but now I could be on front of a stage in front of people and things could go wrong. And it's like, who, like, who cares? But right after that, when the towers fell, that's what everything shifted yeah. for me. And that's what I was like, Oh, this is real. Well, this is real. This is happening all over the place. I got in my car and turned on the radio and I heard about the Pentagon. That's when I got like, shit. oh my God, I need to get home. You know, like, all right, time to save me and, and stop trying to save everybody else. What I love about, that was my shift. What I love thinking. about your story. Yeah. Oh, thank you for is that, um, is that um, what you were doing was actually waiting to see if anybody else came. You know, you were taking that pause and taking that moment in the midst of chaos saying, I want to be able to help if I stop and I take this pause and drink a delicious cup of coffee, because who doesn't like a nice free cup of coffee? But what you were doing was you were, you were, you were giving space, even in that crazy moment, for someone else to come along because you wanted to be able to help. That was in you to be able to help and to show up 
and to, you know, it's just that, that instinct that you have to want to be of service. So it's such a beautiful yeah, story. I realize that now. I love that. And but why for 10 years, you. why I, was I shamed for it? I felt well, that's, shameful. That's right. what I want to talk about because yeah. what I, this is what, this is why we created this podcast because I think women, especially we shame ourselves for mm-hmm. being human. Like listen to the radio. Oh my God, you shouldn't have hair here, here, here. And if the hair on your head should be perfect and glossy and ba da 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 like you shouldn't have, I'm listening, to, you know, I listen to podcasts when I clean and there's a podcast with all guys and there's this whole thing about manscaping and how, oh my God, nose hair. And, and I'm like, we're human. We're, we're human. human. Of course, you know, tweeze your hair, but like, do we have to shame people about it? Right. Yeah. And also I, I have been in weird situations where I found coffee incredibly comforting. Like the smell of coffee and bacon in the morning makes me, my soul feel like I'm home and mm. everything's going to be okay. Like, and you know, and I, um, I, but I so appreciate that because, you know, I work with stories and like, what stories do we tell ourselves that mm-hmm. lower our vibration? You know, um, I, I have shared this before, but not in a long time. So I used to volunteer for landmark education at the world trade center. And you always had to, I was there the Friday night before September 11th. Mm. I was there in one of those towers on, I forget what floor. So you had to like show like two forms of ID and they, you, it was always like a pain in the ass. My first thought when I saw the first plane hit, cause I was groggy. I'd worked a bunch of nights in a row. My first thought was, well, shit, now it's really going to be hard to get in those buildings. <laughs> like that was my first selfish thought, right? Like, not worried about the people, but like I was groggy. I just woke up. My first thought was about me. Well, I think, you know, I'm not proud of that, but that's where I was. It was Tuesday morning. I had just worked Saturday, Sunday, Monday nights, super long hours at Tao restaurant. And my roommate was freaking out. And I was just kind of like, what's happening? You know? Yeah. You didn't have the full you know, no, we none of what was really happening. We did not understand. have the context. We did not know right. I think it would be, yeah. I think it would be fun to uh, write inner dialogue like that because um, that happened to me ten years ago when I was diagnosed with cancer. So I had three thoughts in quick succession. So the doctor says it's going to be chemo and radiation. You know, and I was like, I was hoping to avoid the chemo part. And my first thought was, oh crap, I'm going to lose my hair. And then my second thought was, that was your first thought? Honestly? Oh, my God, you are so much more vain than you would ever admit to anybody. And then the third thought was, the third thought was, I'll do whatever it takes. Just hit me with it. Tell me what to do. And then everything went to a blur. But we do have those inner dialogues, and we are built for survival and for self-preservation. And so to, to sort of think of that first, I think is, is, I think it's important to go through that, you know, to think those things anyway. So yeah, that's, bro, that is just, it's an amazing story because there was, that day is just etched in our minds for those of us um, who were living in the area. And it was just, it was this really. And, and so that day was a pivotal moment in my life that I recognized 10 years later that it's, I am doing I'm doing what I'm doing today. I'm a coach today 
because of that day. Mm-hmm. I, I changed my career because of that day. I, I, the lessons learned changed my life forever. So there are now, it's actually positive emotions. So how do you, that's another shame, you know, you know, guilt was that how do you use such a tragic day to say that was the day that I really actually found my calling. Mm. Right. I mean, it's like, that's like, like opposite bipolar, you well, know, one of the, uh, on the one spectrum. Of the reasons I drove over an hour every time, you know, when I was living in New York, one of the reasons I drove to that particular meeting was because of what you created and a community of people who were all survivors of 9-11, who also that day said, whoa, wait a minute here, I need to reassess. And so there is a vitality there of being given a second chance in some ways and saying, mm-hmm. let me, what do I want to try? What is something else that I haven't explored yet? There's an opportunity here. Yeah. yeah. And these, yeah. And these yeah. are all and things you, that create that, you know, where I could throw all the expectation out the window that because expectations really keep people stuck. And our, our resentments waiting to be happen. Waiting to be happen. They are. And, you know, so it's that, yeah, it's that main piece it's that main piece of like, how can you, how can you continue going when everything around you is falling apart? And right. how could you stay in that? How could you stay happy? It's a journey. So it's I'm journey. always happy. You'll never know for me, not because I'm like purposely not telling you, but it, you'll never know whether my life is falling apart right now or I am totally like everything is in flow and, and everything's working because what's the difference? What's the difference? It's like this is this is part of life. Some days are great, some days aren't. So good, bad, or indifferent. So what? Yeah, I. Well, you know, one of the things, one of the things I love about your leadership too, Ro, is, um, you know, I I feel like I can show up as myself, which sometimes I feel like an evolved thought leader, and other days I feel like a petty, small, wee 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 chihuahua woman. You know, (laughs) because. You know, I feel like we have the range, but what I love about you is I'll be like, well, she didn't call me back or I've emailed her twice and she'll go and you'll go, oh yeah, well, her father's dying or like you, you know, what's going on with people and you, whenever you share it, it's never from a gossipy place. It's from a compassionate leader place. And and I'm always amazed when I'm like, well, so-and-so, well, and you'll be like, oh yeah, well, she's going through this. But it's always, anyway, it just inspires. When I was young, I started asking my, and I don't remember <clears> when <throat> I started this. It could have been just like in my teenage years, or maybe when I was just, I, my, I'm a, I have a psychology degree. So maybe when I was studying psychology in college, it might have come through. I would always look, when somebody did me wrong, I'd be like, huh, I wonder what happened to her that she got out of the wrong side of the bed today. I would right. say that to myself all the time. Oh, you got out, you got you you got on you got out on the wrong side of the bed. It was something my mother would say to me. What you know? But I would be like, uh, but I had this curiosity of always because I'm fascinated by the mind and the brain and all that. Be like, huh? Wonder what which what triggered her to be so mean or what triggered her to be so callous or you know right. where is she getting hurt? Because when I went through. Uh, when I went through college, I was I first started to be a physical therapist, taking classes with pre-med students at Stony oh, Brook God. University, like thousand kids in my class was just so not me. 
and and I was and I was just partying to be honest and not attending class <laughs> and not doing this and they literally sent me to a psychologist or psychiatrist I don't remember what it was um, because I had no responsibility I didn't care I was like so this this still this calm person that you know responsibility was like it didn't matter. Like I didn't like freak out for cutting classes. I didn't freak out if I got an F. I wasn't like talk about like the opposite that a bad that could happen when you're too calm. And and I started going to psych uh, psychologist and through the psychologist I I analyzed my parents and I analyzed my grandparents and I looked at their life and I saw how my mother didn't feel loved. And I'm like, huh? How could she love me if she she didn't feel loved herself? So it's not me. So I got all of the bottom line was that I just realized it's not me. It's, it's never not about, me. it's never Everybody about Everybody has right? their issues. Everybody has situations. Everybody has things going on and everybody. So it's, it's not about me. And it, that kind of just like really opened up my world and changed my world. So I was very lucky to have psychology therapy sessions at 18 years old yeah. <laughs> for free, yeah. paid for by my college. But wow. then I went and then I shifted a degree to psychology and then suddenly I got my A's. I found my home. You found it's it. It's like, I know when you're not in the, when you're forcing, oh, forcing something and it forcing, up in your it face. doesn't work. It blows <clears throat> up in your face. But here I was, I found one I was loving. And that's when I took the class of men and women. And, and that's when I've been an advocate for women ever since then. I've been an advocate for women now for over 40 mm. years. I love it. Uh, and what would you say, what is the biggest theme you see working with women in business today, right now? The biggest thing is women learn in a collective environment. Women learn in community. We grow in community. We transform in community. We do not transform and get to our next best level in our quiet little room, read, listening to someone's video and doing someone's <laughs> homework because what we do is because of everything we just spoke about today. Because we bring shame-based meetings to that work, we bring guilt meetings to that work, we bring a lack to that work, and we don't. Men don't do this. They don't bring those meetings. We bring these meanings that it's us. The reason why this is not working. It's me why this is not working. But when you're in a collective environment, what well, you know, my women's circles, right? When you're in that collective environment, be like, oh, Elaine's messed up as me. Right. Ah, right. too. Oh my God, look at her. She's just as messed up as me. She's like, I'm okay. But it changes your mind and your brain and it opens you up and it moves you from that fear-based thinking into your prefrontal cortex and it gives you insight. It gives you breakthroughs. It gives you enough that you now can see clearly and you can see the truth. And then you can start showing up as the truth. Am I, I feel like I'm the smartest person because I'm surrounded by two of the most brilliant brain coaches right here, (laughs) right here today. So I, you know, because I, I get it. Like I know my biggest, my biggest opportunity is here and my biggest challenge is here. So you're just like Henry Ford. Yeah. She's pointing to her forehead. You're just like Henry Ford. You're right. Yeah. But remember what in the, in the Think and Grow Rich book? (laughs) where he says that they actually were trying to dethrone him because he wasn't smart and people were actually trying to take him out of his role. 
and his position, and he they actually were going to court about this or arbitration, whatever it was back then. And he's he looked and said the phone. Remember the old days where you have the phone with the different buttons and it would light up with different extensions. Yep. He would be like, "You ask me a sales question, I don't know the answers. See that button? That's my sales yep. expert. You ask me a question about like my numbers and my marketing. See that button? He's he's my business expert. Boom! I hit that button. I have access to all the yep. answers." So I don't have to be the know-it-all. I don't have to be jack-of-all-trades. I don't have to right. be this. So because I'm CEO doesn't mean I'm jack-of-all-trades. Right. And so next right. point. And that, I think and that's I, another – I think that's one thing with my clients. I say, okay, we're going to laugh at the technology because you're going to learn it and then it's going to change. So if we don't laugh, we'll cry. And I want to teach you just enough so that you know how to get help because I know I get bogged down – so, you know, I'm learning the nuances. And I always say business is like a blob. Like, you know, you're like, oh, my God, I'm speaking. This is so cool. Oh, yeah, I have to have clients and I need to be able to close. Oh, oh, I have no I have no standards or procedures. Help, help, help. You know, it's it's never like this thing. Yeah, yeah you build you, know, you build a well-oiled have to <clears throat> start with a well-oiled machine. Oil. Yeah. You need oil. Shit. <laughs> and you got to bring that dab of faith in there because you have to, you have to see it. You do have to visualize it. You do have to feel it. You do have to let it happen and you have to release and surrender on certain things. And that, in that, you know, the jack of all trades is a release to yeah. be like, where's my zone of genius? What's my superpowers? And then who do I need to surround myself that has the superpowers that where I don't. Right. And just and let, that's it, one let reason it flow. I'm learning so much um, from doing this podcast with Kathy because we, you know, we started recording on our own and then we, <clears throat> you know, we've been doing it with an editor and stuff for a year. And it's been so great because I'm like the drive, drive, let's go, let's go, let's go. And she's like, <clears throat> maybe we should, you know, she helps like take me off of like, bing, bing. Bing, bing, bing. Right. We decided I'm kind of like a chinchilla. Locked take a look at a way. different perspective. We decided, yeah. So you're a great team, and, and yeah, we decided yesterday that she's like a chinchilla. <laughs> bing, 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 and and but <laughs> let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. We then she. I used to call her the Roadrunner. Oh, she totally, totally, and the Roadrunners are adorable <laughs> too, just like chinchillas. Um, I know. One of the things you do yes. is you inspire me. And so there's there it's a, it's a it's a mutually beneficial relationship because you give me energy where I don't normally have energy. You help me see things in a way that I might normally not see them on my own. So you give me perspective. And so and yeah. you give me this morning we did in this exchange we were talking about earlier where um, she just wrote down Elaine wrote down just a few different thoughts. And I come from an improv background and I was like, yes, and, and that's how I start going. You just gave me five inputs and now I'm like, and then you, and then you took right. off. And then that's when I'm, yeah, then you that's take when off. I'm pew, 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 pew. <laughs> and it's because now you, like, now you, she gave you the inspiration to take inspired action. Right. Right. And that and inspiration we, is let you actually take action versus be sticking, getting stuck in your head, perhaps. Stuck in your head, right? Like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Exactly happen? why I am so adamant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
That's right. What were you going to say, Ro? I know this is why I'm so um, so passionate right now about helping humans understand why how men and women can work effectively together because men have superpowers, women have superpowers, and we both have a little bit of each masculine and feminine. But if we could understand and really believe that the feminine superpowers are indeed freaking powerful, because they are, <coughs> and men, when men understand that, and then we could integrate the two together, we would the world would be productive, businesses would be flourishing, we'd be like, our bottom line, talk about efficiency, it's about the, why you two ladies are so efficient together, because where you're great, you help her lift her up, but where she's great, she's helping you lift oh, up or lift God, down. So and good. this situation so maybe good. lift down, you know, it's you know, so and, and and that's the world. That's how the world should be. It's, it's such a good point. There's, you know, there's new stats out that um, companies that have women on the board and women in leadership are way more effective. They outperform. But you know what? That stat is not new. You know what's sad? That's not a new stat. Right. That stat has been out for years and years and years that across the board in all departments, women who are in the companies that have women in leadership positions across the board, they knock out their competition like hands down. Wow. I mean, it's, it's there. Numbers don't lie. It's there. Yet, this is why I get pissed off because now it's like five years. That's, that's out five years, seven years. I should get it exactly when that study was done. And we're still, <clears throat> we're still in the same pl- place. Like, well, I think, what, what's up with that? <laughs> well, hopefully things keep evolving. And that's one reason and it's so exciting that there's so many cool podcasts and platforms and exactly. women are collaborating more and I'm learning how to collaborate. You know, that's been one of my lessons is learning that as yeah. a partner, I, I have a lot to uh, work on. I have yeah. a lot to work on. I could be do. like, I'm working so hard. Or, oh my God, she's going to outshine me. Wait, 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 wait. You know, like, it's so interesting. I'm just just trying to... There's like, room for all of us. And I try to say, be curious, Elaine. Don't yeah. can, you, can you let go of the judgment and just be curious? Like, Hmm, interesting. Just notice instead of like, you know. It's nice to know you've been listening to me, Elaine. <clears throat> I'm the curiosity and wonder woman. <laughs> you're, <laughs> like, you're rubbing off on me some more, which I'm so happy. So, oh I'm my God, well, this is, this is so fun. So, you know, um, what, as we're wrapping up today, Ro, one final thought, one final story you want to share with us? You know, it's... If you want to have fulfillment in life, I've chased money and I found it. I chased freedom and I found it. I chased, you know, a position, a career, you know, and all that stuff. It's really all about fulfillment at the end of the day. And I was even chasing happiness. But we we have this myth that when we're successful, when I make six figures, I'll be happy. When I have the man of my life, I'll be happy. When I when I'm skinny, malinky, you know, I'll be. When happy. I'm back to my when size I'm, four from being. Yeah, happy. when I'm then like, I'm you know, when I get rid of my wrinkles, I'll be happy, and all that kind of stuff. Really, the end of the day is about fulfillment. So, what fulfills you? What 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 gives you that? Like, oh, I feel good. I feel good about what I did, and just that's the answer is fulfillment. Do what fulfills you, and and. You could then get rid of 
the shame and the guilt. Recognize it and recognize it's not you. Recognize the truth. Find the lies. Remember that, you know, in the word belief, the word lie is right in the middle of that word. Mm. L-I-E. Smack right in the middle of it. So what are the lies you're telling yourself? And just really get over it. <laughs> you know, just realize that they are lies and they're not truth. Find the truth. Find the truth. And you'll find fulfillment. Mm. I love it. Because that's I what my it. story is. It took me all these years. So don't wait till you, you're 63 years old like me where you realize it's like, I only just wanted to be fulfilled my whole life. And everything else I was doing was what the world was telling me I need to do. Right. What culture was telling me. Do what you want to do. Find out who you are. Find out what makes you fulfilled and happy. And you'll find it. That's so great. Yeah. I mean, I think that's part of the journey is everybody has to kind of, you know, not, you know, try it and whatever, you know, I was chasing comedy. I'm going to chase this thing and then I'll feel validated. Then I'll feel successful, you know, and I've, I've learned, um, I actually, I get high off of coaching people like a natural high, like a good high. Yeah. (laughs) I love watching people blossom and grow and find their voice and become visible. It's like, I, I like, I'm like yeah. this. Well, it's energetic. You know, my- Listen, I was just in, in church and I don't want to get religious, but I was at, at church um, this last Sunday and he was talking about the, the story of Jesus and it was talking about the wine when Jesus made wine and the whole thing. And they called him uh, a glutton and they called him all those things when basically my pastor was like, what we need to get, we need to get drunk on life. That's the drunkness we need. We need to get drunk on life on happiness, on, you know, on, on showing up and being who you are. I love it. And Kathy, what were you going to say? Um, um, oh shoot. Well, oh, I know is that, um, so for, for me, um, too, this, this whole idea of, you know, you're trying different things. What's helped me is to view them as experiments. And initially, if I, I probably couldn't have had a career as a scientist because I would try something and if it didn't work, I'd just stop. And the fact is you do have to do stuff over and over again. You know, there's that fine line I've talked about between um, insanity and mastery, you know, because both are doing the same thing over and over. In one case, you are getting results and the other you're not. Um, But we deal with very fine lines in, in our lives. And so if you think of them as experiments, if you can think of yourself as a scientist and observer, and the term that you both used, curiosity, being curious, you know, that, that, that's, that's a big, it's a big reframe and it helps you see that everything you do adds up to where you are today. Even if it doesn't seem that, to make sense at the time, yeah. right? Like sometimes because you're, because Kathy, <laughs> Kathy, you're a problem solver. You're a problem solver, and the biggest problem with problem solvers is that they know that there's you could solve the problem even better and even more, and you keep on going, and you want to wait till that perfectionism kicks in. But get curious, and I love that. Um, I, you know, make it an experiment. Life is an experiment. I love, I love it. it. I love it. So, Ro, if somebody wants to find you and they want to learn more about you and your fabulous coaching and gifts and packages, what's the best way? So, my business is Gutsy Gals. Get more. <clears throat> Are you surprised? Um, <laughs> most of my social media handles, with the exception of Instagram, because I had it, but I lost it, is B A Gutsy Gal. 
So you can find me in LinkedIn at Be A Gutsy Gal. You can find me on Facebook at Be A Gutsy Gal. Um, at, and on Instagram, it's Gutsy Gal underscore leaders. So those are my handles. Come play with me wherever you want to play with me there. Um, Gutsy Gal Truth Talk is my Facebook group. And this is what I love having these conversations. And this has been a pleasure of being here. Um, I have a self-care classes coming up, self-mastery programs, right, workshops coming up. So I'm excited to, to, to what 2021 is bringing everybody. Awesome. Thank you so much. And Kathy Keegan, you're this amazing coach and speaker. Your mission is to end needless workplace suffering which I just freaking love because that's everybody, right? And how do people find you, um, my love? KathyKeegan.com. That's Kathy with a K and Keegan with a K. And Elaine, I'm thinking that I want to know how I get in touch with you. How do I do that? <laughs> well, thanks I for asking. Look good on camera. So I have, I'm, and sound good. Yeah, if you want to look good or work on your stories, connect more with your why. I have um, a new really fun, um, Captivate the Crowd Facebook group page that's free. You just have to, you know, want to come join. And that's a great place to play and come play with me for free. And then I do master classes. And the best way is you can get a confidence on camera checklist at Captivate the Crowd. And that's with C's. Kathy's with K's and I'm with C's. So, um, Ro, thank you so much again for being here. You're like our, you know, one of our, we're still learning the whole guest vibe thing. And um, we just love you. And I acknowledge you. And I want to thank you because your generosity and your huge heart really helped me um, in the beginnings of my business when I was sort of like lost in the wilderness. And you, you shone a light. And I know that you've done that for so many of us. Thank so you, bro. thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. Thank Thanks you both so much you. For, for having me. This was fun. Love what you ladies are doing. And this was great. This was okay. fun. Awesome. See, this is fulfillment. Everybody. Fulfillment. <laughs> thank, you for, thank you for giving me that place to to really um expose a hidden secret that i was having it's no longer secret so now it's all kind yeah. of yeah good thanks for so sharing thank that beautiful thank you for awesome. listening we'll, see, we'll see you next time thank you so much yay you made it to the end thank you so much for listening we're so excited you were here feel free to reach out at stillhumanpodcast at gmail.com or Kathy at KathyKeegan.com or Elaine at CaptivateTheCrowd.com See you next time.